Welcome to Pure Awesome Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode... Let's see if Mike knows. Mike, what is this episode? 126. Yeah, I know. It's, but it's our third time going through the intro. So by now, I'll, I'll give Mike a pass. But I knew it was 126. I just uh-huh. want to, And our notes say it's 126. Which is pretty impressive because... <laughs> A lot of times we get the notes for our, our podcast and it still says like episode 93. And you know why? Because I spent extra time on these notes because there's a lot going on. A lot going on when we need to talk about in this episode. Yeah, it's going to be a great episode because it's our update episode. So we've got a lot of really cool stories to talk about what's going on in our reselling life, some random stories. And then we've got our reseller topics, which we've got a ton of incredible ones to cover, uh, including some uh, kind of... Very spicy and interesting ones. Spicy? Yeah. Let's hope they're spicy. Uh, Yeah. So for instance, we're going to be talking about Walmart and UPS potentially doing fulfillment, right? And the question, I guess, is, is this good for resellers? Are you excited about this? Let us know below in the comments right now. Type in, are you excited? Do you think this is going to be the next thing? Um, You know, I always think like it would have been great to have started Amazon back when they very first started, maybe before everything got gated. Is this our opportunity? Is is Walmart and UPS potentially doing fulfillment. Is this the next gold rush for resellers? Or is this just kind of like, eh, not going to be a big deal? You let us know. What do you think in the comments below? Uh, And we'll be talking about that when we get to our reseller news. Okay. So our podcast is organic. The whole entire time that you're talking about that, which is important, we'll talk about it. You said spicy. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, you know how we're always trying new things in our podcast? Okay. Where right. are you going with this? Okay. Okay. So we just did a reactionary video. By the way, thank you all that watched it and showed us love and support on it. No, I'm not eating hot wings on video. Oh, you know exactly what I'm seeing. This is crazy how well Mike and I can think about things. So if you're catching on YouTube, hot ones, like, or maybe we we interview somebody. Like we inter- on our interview, we have them eating hot wings while we're interviewing them. Yeah. You know what? I, I wouldn't mind doing like a, a an off the wall challenge video because I, I can almost guarantee you I can go hotter than you can. I'm not going to question that. I I mean, I'll never forget the one time I uh, I left. Uh, I was in college and I was leaving a place of employment. I was working loss prevention. It was in Marshall Fields over in Wisconsin. And we went out to eat and we went to BW3s, which is another name for Buffalo Wild Wings. And I remember I got the hottest wings and I'm eating them and I'm crying, like crying in pain. And my boss goes, Orlando, if it hurts to eat and you're crying, you're probably not enjoying it. So maybe you don't have to eat that, right? Yeah. And so But you paid for it. So Oh, I didn't pay it. for it. They paid for it. It was my going away, whatever gift or send off. Oh, that's what they thought of you? They got you the hottest wings. <laughs> no, like, I go away. I sabotaged myself. And they like right. watching you cry. Just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, I thought it'd be an interesting idea. Anyways, we're always trying new things. If you <laughs> yeah, have- let us know that in the comments too. Right. <laughs> so first let us know what you think about Walmart and UPS fulfillment. And then do you want to see Orlando eat a ghost pepper? Right. Oh my goodness. Okay. So we have a lot going on, but before we talk about all the important seller updates, which by the way, it's kind of interesting. I haven't seen a lot of influencers talking about it. And, and the, but these, I believe are, I would say not monumental. Oh no, monumental. Like some of these are going to be monumental changes in time. So we need to talk about them. But before that, what's going on with you, Mike? Um, you know, I mean, things have been pretty good. One thing that I think was interesting and I kind of wanted to bring up was, um, I've talked in the like recent episodes that things have been pretty good on eBay as far as not having returns, haven't had very many unpaid item cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, things have been just going smoothly. And then the last couple of weeks, it's been like return, either returns or canceled orders. We'd have a ton of people order something and cancel or like just weird things going on with orders. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, I, I kind of feel 
it like it goes in waves. At least that's how I experience it. Like it goes in waves of, man, just like a month of like, man, things have been pretty good. Like, you know, a customer, you know, message here and there that's like uncomfortable or whatever the situation is. But for the most part, it's like, man, this is a pretty good month. And then all of a sudden it's just like nonstop, like every other order is something. Um, And I think maybe part of that feeling of waves is just because statistically the amount of things I'm selling, selling is that's just how it happens. It's just kind of random, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm sure if I were to scale up, because my wife and I were talking about it, and it was like, if, if we continue to scale and we continue to get more items, if we're selling 10 times the number of things each day, we're going to be experiencing these things potentially 10 times more, right? I so mean, it, the ratio doesn't exactly go that way, but yeah, it's going to be more. Right. So, um, but, but as of now, we're just experiencing that wave where it's like, we get a great sale and it's like, yes, sold a used pair of shoes. Haven't sold one of those in like two weeks. And then immediate, like they cancel the order. They are like, oh, sorry, like I wanted this. Or can you combine shipping on the, or, you know, just random questions, like things that like mess everything up. And it's the worst like, is after the fact. Yeah, exactly. Like you accept the offer and then they're like, hey, would you be willing to drop the price in shipping? I was like, no. Yeah. yeah well, we had accepted this. Yeah. Already. We had one of those the other day where they bought two things. They offered, made a low offer on each of them. And we, we purposely accepted because like, man, these are pretty low, but these will be cheap to ship and we can ship them together. Like, and we'll save money. Like, we'll make it up on the shipping. So we accepted it. And then afterwards, immediately they responded with, um, please send me an updated invoice with combined shipping. And it's like, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. Right. Like, that's, that's not part of the plan here. That wasn't, that's not how our store is set up, you know? So you guys canceled? No, we told them. We said, you know, like, sorry, like, we accepted the offer. The shipping and handling fees are, were included in the offer. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, well, so if int- you'd like, we can cancel this order or, let us know if you want to proceed. Well, it's interesting because I think sometimes buyers don't recognize that. Yes, you can do combined shipping, but it's still going to cost the same amount, right? Not necessarily. Not necessarily, but there's sometimes where it's like that. Like when it's like shirts or clothing, right. like generally that's pretty easy, right? Yeah, but when it's like, once you get to like buy weight. Yeah, yeah. buy weight. Then because I've had scenarios where they're like, hey, can we do combined shipping? And I actually try to see how much it would cost in mm. one box. And it was going to cost way more than if I had just shipped both items separately. Really? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Huh. It, it, there's a certain dimension. I don't know what the exact dimension is, but it does get to that. Especially when you're dealing with going from flat rate to calculated, mm-hmm. then it really begins to change. Interesting. We had one other one this week that was really annoying too, where a um, person bought something, paid for it, and then like six hours later, sent us a message and said, this is an unauthorized purchase. Do not ship the item. So we're like, what? This is weird. So like we responded like, you know, okay. And then we tried to cancel the order and refund them, but they had opened up a case against us on PayPal. And so we had to go resolve the issue through PayPal. But now we're worried because we resolved it through PayPal, but we couldn't close. We couldn't do the refund because the case was open. And so we're worried like, is this going to affect our like shipping metrics? Now we're gonna have to call eBay and say like, it took two days because we had to like resolve this. And then we had to get like confirmation from customers. Like, so it's just a nightmare because why did they have to open up a PayPal case? Like we would have just refunded them. Mm-hmm. They didn't need to go there. Like they could have asked before they opened up a case. Like I just, just seems find like a weird shady people that do the uh, PayPal cases. Really? Yeah. Because it's like, it's so much e- eBay. It's really easy. All you have to do is do refund or mm-hmm. open case, but to go to PayPal, you have to go to a separate screen. You have to log in. I mean, it, it takes work. So right. obviously you're trying to do a workaround. And I actually had that happen to me. I had, this was the, only time I had something that was returned to me from global shipping. So long story short, I sent in these uh, lamps that they were kind of like the size of this cup. If you're watching the podcast on YouTube, you'll see. But if you're listening, think about, I don't know, like a, a grande cup. 
right? From Starbucks, if you go to Starbucks. And it was an Ikea item. I sent it through GSP and they weren't happy because they paid like 30 bucks shipping for a $20 item. And then they paid the other fees on top of that. So it gets to them and they're like, oh, this is a lot smaller than I thought. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry about that. You know, you're welcome to do a return or we can do a partial refund and you can just keep it. Mm -hmm. Never responded to me, opened up a PayPal case. Like what? So they opened up the PayPal case and then they claim that it was item not as described. So then I, you know, I sent myself to PayPal. I'm like, nope, here's the pictures. Here's your listings. Here's everything. It was exactly how it should be. Then they said, okay, well, now we're waiting for the person to ship it. So they shipped it. Actually, I won in this whole thing. I still lost money, but I still won. They won because they, they their play smelled. So I'll talk about that moment. So, so I get the item right. back. I get the item back. And, you know, I would have lost more money if they did it through eBay because I would have paid for the return shipping. They ended up paying for the shipping from the UK to me. Right. And I never had to cover that. All I had to refund them was the original purchase price and the original shipping. So I get the case. And, I, you know, you hear about like the stuff that's like, you know, in a house full of people that smoke or whatever that smells. No, but then there's that older smell, like the mothball kind of smell. And this stuff, like the op- I opened the box and it was like, whew. it was one of those where I had to like chuck it out the window to make sure it didn't infest my house. So you're saying you won because you know that they're stinky people? No. I won. I won because I'd have to pay for that return shipping. That return shipping was probably 30, 40 bucks. Do you All know right. what I mean? Yeah. It's just the, the way you said it was, I won because their place smelled. <laughs> no. no, they won because it smelled. Because in the end, I still lost because I couldn't relist that oh, item. There was saying. nothing yeah. I could do with it. It right. was done. And because they did it through PayPal, I couldn't I couldn't do a partial refund. I mean, I could I have contested it, sure, but it was one of those things. I was going to tell this, I'll share this with you. The more you resell, you eventually just grow numb to stuff. Right, for sure. And you're just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Like it's, and I'm not saying that's the right attitude, but it just gets so overwhelming after a while. You're just like, this is the cost of doing business. Right. So what else is going on? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of it for the reseller, like <laughs> part of my life okay. update right now. What about you? I got a lot going on, but it's, it's just interesting stuff. Um, so, you know, I have not been doing Amazon. I actually haven't sent in a shipment in three weeks, which has been really weird. Now, I have been stocking up on Amazon items I could send in that I find through thrifting or garage sales and so on. So I'm waiting. It's like the old school days where I would wait until I filled up a huge box and then I would ship it in. I'm kind of, I don't even know if I want to do that anymore. It's, Is eBay picking up for you? eBay's picked up, but you know... Here's a, I always say this with reselling. You got to find what is enjoyable to you or you're going to burn out. Like I remember Mike was worried about me burning out and just walking away. Yeah. Like tossing this table, leaving the podcast and said, Pure's podcast is done. Actually, it was never that bad. But I know Mike had concerns. And I will tell you, Amazon worked me. Like, and and it, where it worked me more was I did all that work in Q4 and I had so many, I mean, thousands of dollars in returns. And it kept doing that even after where, you know, I'd make $800 one day. And then by the end of the day, it's like $300 because I had all these returns, right? As it kept going back and forth and back and forth. And so now I've been doing eBay and I went on this crazy listing. Not, not crazy. I know some of you, I don't know how some of you list 25 plus a day. I just don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I struggle doing 25 a day. I've, I've shared this before. I list 15 to 25 
On a good day, I'll do more than 25. On an okay day, I'll do 10. You know what I mean? And some days I don't do any, but I, you know, I do enough that I can live and be okay. And I did, I, I want to say I listed like 60, 70 items within like two or three days. And man, those sales just started kicking in mm. like one after the other, after the other and, and high dollar ones too. And bread and butter. And again, it was a reminder to me that the formula is still listing. Like if there's anything that will get you more sales, it's going to be listing. And I don't know what the magic is. Maybe it kicks in the algorithm. Maybe it's because you have more items to sell. I don't know. And so what I ended up seeing is, you know, an uptick in sales, but there's also an uptick in issues. Right. And then there was this, you know, I, I, I got greedy. I had an offer on something I picked up at a garage sale for five bucks and I had a $200 offer and I countered. And then I never heard from the person. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if you get one offer, you'll get another. No, I th- I think so, but I mean, I, I can't share right now what it is. I'll, I'll t- I'm, I feel so bad. I shouldn't even say it, but it's something that I should have just let go because I don't know if I'll ever get that offer again. So mm. if it does sell, it will be the next hustle of the week because nice. it's a fire hustle of the week. If. If. And that's the big if. That's why I don't want to talk about it yet. I'll t- I want to talk about it in a future podcast. So stay tuned. All right. Stay tuned. So the other thing is I have not sourced. This has forced me to go through my own inventory, which is kind of sad. So my goal was to be at 2K listings. I'm at 19, I think 1909 right now, something like that, which is good. The good problem is I couldn't get to it because I kept selling stuff, right? which, yeah, I'm, good which, problem. which I'm fine with. But here's what's weird. We haven't been able to go to garage sales lately because it's been raining, yep. right? And I, I think, just throwing it out there, I think maybe the coronavirus has something to do. We had barely any garage sales this last weekend, hmm. which garage sale season's like here. Right. Technically. Right. So hopefully this next Saturday it'll be out there. But so much that I, I just found that I just didn't list. And so I'm going through that and it's going to be really nice when I'm done because I'm actually going to start sourcing again this coming week. By the time this episode drops, I'll be sourcing again. So, so it's good. been good. It's good. Yeah. It's kind of sad you had that much inventory to sort uh, to uh, to list. Yeah, it's true. I probably have right now. I probably could without sourcing. I'll easily hit that two thousand. Ooh. So yeah, if you've got more than a hundred items sitting around, I do. I really do. I mean, some of them are like small. Some are like you know, I have like twenty five buckles here and there, uh, or I have yeah. you know, like twenty pieces here and there. It's kind of like I mean, it's multiple listings, but it's kind of like one one score. So it's it's a little different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's one haul. So right. I have like these different hauls that I didn't sort through. Yeah. Now the other thing I wanted to talk about. This is not becoming on Orlando Pierce podcast, but you know, you, you asked me what was going on. Is taxes are done? Yeah, they congratulations. are done. And here's the thing: I will share this with everyone. I'm not going to share how much I'm paying, how much I'm not paying. I'm not going to share any of that. What I'm going to share is bookkeeping. Bookkeeping, bookkeeping. It will. It, you got to think about bookkeeping like you're making money, because that's what you're doing. You are fighting a war with the government. It's a revolution. I'm not getting out. You heard it on Pierre's podcast (laughs) first. We're organizing. FBI is going to flag this now. No, no. What I'm saying is. For sure. We're going to get demonetized (laughs) on YouTube on this episode. (laughs) When you are doing your taxes, like you're fighting for every dollar. Hmm. And if you don't have your bookkeeping taken taken care of, you have no idea how much money you are losing. Right. And so what happened is, you know, I went to my tax person. We're going through over this and. 
we're finally done. And I did way better than last year. And, and she looks at me and she goes, Orlando, you know why? It's because you actually like listened and you kept your books and you didn't, you know, you didn't do a great job, but far better than last year. And so I had all kinds of deductions, like, you know, how people got on Amazon's case because uh-huh. Amazon didn't pay anything in taxes. Right. Right. But Amazon had legit people keeping the books. Mm-hmm. Right. Finding, well, of course, they're a business. No, I know. But I mean, to make that much money and not pay taxes, like you got somebody that's really doing a good job making sure that every single deduction that you can find is to be taken care of. Right. And so I did that. I mean, anything, whether it's use of my cell phone, whether it's my office space, whether it's my mileage, whether it's my inventory, whether it's my cost of goods entering the year, cost of goods at the end, of, you know, all of those things, you know, it, it was nice because I was holding on to capital a little bit. That's one of the reasons I wasn't going towards it either because I was like, I'm kind of scared. Mm. Like, how much am I going to be paying? And, and it ended up working out. So this is Orlando, who is one of the most disorganized resellers probably in the planet. Bookkeeping will make your life better. Yeah. I know, I know I'm know. i not sure. the only one that hates spreadsheets. Mike loves spreadsheets and he loves them. I despise them. I personally would rather just hire somebody to keep my spreadsheets for me. That's how much I despise them. I don't like looking at them. I only, I like finding stuff and knowing that I'm going to make money and selling it. That's what I like. But they're doing. so fun. <laughs> what? No, no. Like I, I just, I just don't care for it. I'm just being real. Yeah, but like those that. of you that know me know that. Those of you that know me, Mike knows that. All right. So you got some random stories? Man, I got one weird one. It's actually kind of an update. So remember I talked about Craigslist ad and yeah. I had one customer or potential customer, somebody reached out to me and I'm not going to rehash the whole story. Uh, there was a couple episodes ago, probably our last update episode that we talked about it. So it's a check. seller though. Yeah. 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 So selling to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I guess I should say that I'm not a customer, but, um, I, I, I look at my, my clients, <laughs> my business associates that I'm doing anyways. Um, so this person reached out to me to, uh, make this transaction and it was just the most bizarre thing. Like go back, listen to that episode. Like it was really shady, really weird. The stuff they were saying they had and the quantities they said they had it. And then, um, but they're like, it just, it was very broken English. So it was difficult to comprehend exactly what it was they were saying. Um, and I couldn't really get straight answers and they were like back and forth saying no. And they wouldn't let me give just like a bulk price. Like they'd list all their things and I'd give them a price and they say, no, give me a price for each individual item. And it's like, okay. So like I'd break it down for the bulk price and then they would say no. And then they would like up the price on certain items. It's just the weirdest thing. And then they basically was like, sorry, this isn't going to work. Like we're not coming to an agreement. Uh, and they were pretty much upset, but they they kept saying like, I, I could get you items every week. Right. Which is why I even mentioned like, like, I don't know if I feel comfortable. Like, is, you know, is this stuff potentially stolen? So I don't know. It's just a weird thing. And then they reached back out to me and it, cause I had asked like, where do you, uh, where are you located? And they're like, hold on. I'm still, I'm still negotiating with him. And I'm like, I, did you send this to the wrong person? Right? Like it was just this weird thing. And then finally they reached back out to me, um, like a week later and a new list of items, some similar, some of the same, uh, but some different ones. And, Again, give me a price. And they wanted a price on each item. So I did. I gave them a price and they came back higher. Um, and I was just like, sorry, no, that doesn't work for me. And then like two days later, I just get a message that says, fine, meet the guy um, today. The driver, give the driver. That's what he says. Give my, what is this? Give my driver the, the address 
and give them $120, which was significantly lower than even I had offered if I added up all the individual items, right? And so I didn't even respond back. I'm like, this thing is weird. Like, I don't know if I even feel comfortable with this. And I'm at work during this. So I didn't have time to respond. And then I get a phone call with a, um, a voicemail where the guy, another guy called it's a different number. He's like, Hey, uh, so-and-so told me to give you a call about the items. And I'm like, this is like a movie. It was so weird. So then I'm like, all right. So I, I call back and I ask him about the items and I'm like, okay, well, just, I want to clarify, like how many items, like what are the things you have? And he's like, well, let me go check. I've got to go check the car. And so then he messaged me the inventory list like an hour later. And I was like, all right, how much? And again, he said 120 bucks, which I know this is weird because it sounds like such a small amount, but like I'm going to net off of this deal that I made probably close to a thousand dollars. So it was a a pretty good score for me. Um, And so I was like, all right, sweet. So I'm arranged a meeting. I meet up with this guy and I bring the money. Oh, and I asked, I said, so how much? And he says, $120 plus whatever you want to give me in gas. Okay. What is going on? Right. So I'm like, all right, well, I met him at a bank. Um, I gave him a bank location. Even when I gave him the location of the bank, he's like, what address is this? I said, See, it's a bank. Listen to my advice about going to banks. No, I'm totally fine with being at the outside of a bank. It would have been weird if I would have said, now come inside. Why not? And I, Because that's so weird. Verify the bill. I mean, like this wasn't weird to begin with. And no, it's weird, but you know. Okay. Let's go into the bank. I want I want them to look at the inventory that you have and get it. But anyways, I wanted the reason I wanted to be at the bank, one, safety. Two, I wanted all of this on film in case it happened to be that anything down the road, if it if I if I'm like this stuff is clearly stolen or if anything, you know, came down the road, I could say, like, look, I've got text messages, I've got look at the license plate, like whatever. I want to cover my tail on this. So I couldn't go into the bank because they were closed when I got there. And so I could only pull out actually some ATM machines and I can get $10 bills. I should just, but I was like, here's my thought process. I offered far more than $120 for all these individual items, right? I'm going to give this guy a $20 gas tip in hopes that we can maybe, because if all of these things are what they say they are, I'm going to like make a good money and maybe a good connection. So I'm like, all right, I'm giving this guy 20 bucks. This guy rolls up kind of a beater car and um, I unload the stuff. I give him the extra 20 bucks and then he makes this comment. He goes, okay, don't tell uh, him that uh, you gave me the extra 20 or he'll take it from me. What is going on? And I was like, all right. I'm surprised you were actually this far into this whole deal that I didn't just like not do it. No, cause every step of the way, just, there's just something interesting about it. No, for sure it is. But it was one of those things. It's like, this is a great score for me. And like, I was thinking like, if this pans out to be legitimate, because I don't know. I mean, people have different ways. Like, of let's put it this and, way. If this wasn't items that you're looking to resell and there are other kinds of items. Oh, yeah. This totally felt like a drug deal. I, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Like, no. It, this is so like, hey, let me take a little bit from the, of the cut so yeah. you know, I can go. Like, it's just weird. When he even made a comment, he's like, yeah, I had to make, I had to drive to like three different places to get all this stuff. Um, so thank you for giving me the extra gas money, but don't tell him or he'll take it from me. And I was like, all right, right. I said, well, but just do me a favor. I said, do you want to share this on the podcast? I'm just I saying. Said, I said, do me a favor. If he, you know, wherever this he is, um, just, you know, let him know I'm a great customer and you would love to do business with me again, right? And it's like, oh, okay, you know. Did you drop him another five? No, no, no. $20 tip I felt like was pretty good for a $120 purchase. A tip? This is, I have done hundreds, maybe thousands of Craigslist deals. This is the ultimate yeah, it was weird. Had this. So um, anyway, so then I messaged the head honcho, the guy, right? That the original person that I talked to. And I so I said, 
Thank you for the great transaction. I look forward to doing business with you again. Response. No, bro. We will, I, I do not look forward to doing business with you again. I will not be taking these deals again. Um, it wasn't even worth the, my effort or something other, something other. Uh, good luck in your future, right? And I was like, whoa. All right. And after getting all this stuff, because you know, sometimes somebody's like, yeah, I've got these things. And then you get them and it's like, oh, these are actually in pretty bad condition. And they're not. It's like great quality stuff. And so I'm like, all right, like I would love to keep doing business if this ends up being legitimate. And so then I responded back. I was like, okay, like I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to kind of calm the situation a little bit. So I just responded like, hey, sorry, man. Um, again, thank you. I could pay more in the future now that I know like that, that you actually are legitimate and have great stuff. And his response was, you can't pay our prices. I should have been getting you these things every week. Um, something other, something another. And then like, that was it. I haven't heard from him since. But, you know, even if it was a one-time transaction, <clears throat> $20 tip, I still don't feel bad about it because, you know, I helped this driver guy out um, and he seemed like he could have used it. And um, it was still less than I originally offered to pay for all the stuff. It was just a weird situation. I don't know. Um, maybe I'm happy not to do business with them in the future just because... Honestly, I have a clean conscience because I have no way of knowing if this stuff is stolen. And honestly, anytime you go to a garage sale or a thrift store and you buy something, you don't no, know. You, you don't know. You I, don't know. Yeah, no, I know. I agree now, with you. Now, <clears throat> if this was a thing where he's getting consistently this, like similar types of items and they're always new and they're always in different quantities and different ones, I might start to question like, all right, I don't know. Right. So maybe, maybe even just from my conscience, it's better to say like, okay. I'm hoping none of this stuff is stolen, but I have no way of knowing. Um, and there's not like these aren't things with like serial numbers that I can go check or well, go to the police. And the, thing, you know? and the item and the items too. I mean, I know what they are. It's not. It wouldn't be something that would be one of those. I mean, especially for all my years of working, loss prevention right. and and so on. Like these weren't the kind of. I, you know, it's kind of. Yeah. It's kind of when people are like, "Oh, I think this is." a counterfeit pair of you know whatever right? right okay so if it's counterfeit louis vuitton that makes sense right if it's a counterfeit zumba bag no like right. people aren't getting counterfeit zumba bags you know mm -hmm. what i mean so this kind of feel how the scenario works out is that if it was some other kind of item i would go okay maybe i can see that right if they were like let's say nike shoes well no i'm were, and i'm not even thinking they're counterfeit i'm just thinking no no what a hot or anything right like unless it was like Nike shoes or if it was like stereo systems yeah. or or something that is that easily people mm -hmm. like always do that with unless somebody has has found that, you know, a certain niche goes under the radar. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I, I would I just think the whole scenario was just a weird scenario. It was. It was weird. It was it it made for an interesting experience. I remember messaging my wife, I'm going to be late home. I got to meet this guy for these deals, but it's going to be great. And then it wasn't even until I really started like scanning the items and really spending more time researching that I'm like, holy cow, like I got a score. Like this was a great deal for me. Um, but I don't know. Who knows? Maybe this guy will reach out again in the future and will be, um, you know, easy to work with. But I don't see that. I so. hope he doesn't listen to PHP. The one time we don't want anyone to listen to PHP. Yeah. Whoever you are, out there this is apply to you who takes money from your driver i hope you're not listening <laughs> all right well i don't i mean here's a anyways i can go on and do, on what are the chances of that but you never know you never know all right well my story isn't as intense as yours like yours could be made into a recently like thriller movie maybe we should maybe we should make like a short film 
where like sure. you're the driver and it'll you like only pull be cool. up. The problem is it will only be cool in our eyes. That's it. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like kind of like our TikToks. Like sometimes I think they're cool and no, mm. no, that's not the case. Yeah. Even Mike doesn't think so, but it's all right. We try. All right. So here's, here's what's crazy. So I'm sharing this and the person that this is, they already know. So I talked to, I actually, I had this conversation with him. So I shared last update episode, how one of my friends had stopped reselling and offloaded their stuff and I gave him a little bit of money, but you know, he just was happy to see it go. So I post on Instagram and he's like, bro, you sold those already. And I kind of felt bad. Like, I'm like, whoops. But he understood, like he could have done the thing, but here's a, here's the deal. You never know when you're going to have that right buyer. Like no idea. So maybe, maybe I'll post this another time, but on Instagram, I did an Instagram story about all the stuff I got from him. And I had talked about these rain spooner, uh, Christmas shirts. And even on the Instagram story, I said, you know, I could sell these for really cheap for like 35 bucks and they'll sell, but I'm going to list high. It's just going to take a long time to sell. Within like minutes of me listing, some of them sold for a hundred bucks a piece. It was kind of crazy. And so one, one sold within, yeah, one sold. It was like 45 minutes. It was listed full price, hundred dollars. Another one, two minutes, full price, a hundred dollars. Another one, 45 minutes, full price, a hundred dollars. Now two of those went to one person and you know, every once in a while I'll run into collectors of stuff, but man, this was like a super collector and it was kind of interesting to me. So I actually thought I was going to make the the hustle of the year because they said, do you have any more? And I had a bunch of shirts I had enlisted. So I'm like, sure. So I stop whatever I'm doing. It's like one thirty in the morning. I grab each one of them. I take pictures. I'm like, Hey, maybe we could do this off of eBay. Right. Mm. I could, you know, um, anyways, don't suspend me. Cause I didn't, I didn't do it. I sold them all on eBay, but I was thinking if somehow they could get a hold of me or find me, you know, we could, uh, you know, uh, you know, not deal with those fees and so on. It never happened though. Uh, because I went through all that work and then I did what I shouldn't have done. They said, Hey, it's really tired. Can we talk in the morning? And I should have struck at that. I should have been like that car dealer. Mm. Like, don't let them leave the lot because the next morning they're like, you know what? Yeah, my my PayPal's in the negative now. I can't buy anymore. Mm. Like, no, like, no, like I should have. It, it is what it is. But they did. They they bought two two shirts and they bought a rain spooner sign that literally was it's something that we could have printed off a printer and glued it on to like a foam board. Like that's how it was. Mm. But it was a it was a legit sign. It was legitimate. But I actually hacked the sides of it because some of it was peeling off. And I literally hacked it with like a scissors, like and Orlando can't cut in a straight line to save his life, but it worked out and they bought that and then they wanted to buy more. And then he started correcting my listings like, no, that's 1984. No, that's 1993. That's a 96 shirt that actually was released uh, July 4th, 2011. And I'm like, whoa, like, who are these people? Right. It was kind of crazy. And uh, I learned a lot from that buyer. So we probably had. I would say 20 messages back and forth on eBay within a 12 hour period. So he was, he was telling me about these shirts. He said, Hey, if you come across this, if you come across that, and here's the thing, don't be scared to sell your items at full price. And, and the reason I say that is, you know, buyers will are willing to pay for something if they can't get it anywhere else. Right. And so, 
you're not, you know, you're not doing anything wrong because that is the value of it. The scarcity makes the value go up, right? Because I kind of at first was like, oh man, like maybe I should say something and drop the price or whatever it is. And I never, I never mentioned it. I actually wrote in my message and I said, hey, if you buy a few more, like I'll lower the price. I never did that. He still paid him full price. And then the other shirt, it was kind of nice because they had messaged me and said, hey, I noticed that other shirt sold. How much did you sell it for? And I'm like, oh, I sold it for a hundred dollars. And they're like, oh, okay. And so that finalized everything. So I think I'm going to get a few more sales, but it was one of those things where I had to, you know, my, I had to tell my friend, I said, Hey, listen, you watch my IG story. Legitimately. I did not think these were going to sell that fast. But again, if you find the right collector, you can sell stuff really quick. Now here's the other story. I'm full of stories today. Yeah, so, you are, <laughs> but I hope these help. All right. So I, I got uh, almost a real negative feedback. Like, you know, sometimes you get negative. So I got one negative feedback a week ago removed, but it was somebody was angry because there's an issue with eBay payments and they got mad at me because the payment didn't go through. Mm. And then they got mad because it didn't arrive at their place. And they actually ended up at their neighbor's house. And they're like, oh, so sorry, blah, blah, blah. Well, this other one, I ended up listing something at a certain size and it was it was like let's say it was an eight and a half i forgot to put the half on the size mm. and i sold it and i shipped it brand new person right off the bat negative feedback send me size da 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 it should have been this size and i'm like oh i'm done like there's nothing i can do like i messed up but this is what i always say give buyers options Right. Try to make things right. You can do it. So it doesn't sound, you know, like you're, you're trying to like buy their way through it. So I messaged and I said, Hey, by the way, just to let you know, I'm sorry about, you know, what happened. It was an error. Clearly I messed up. So I always say, you know, be real with it. Don't try to like, Oh, my kid, you know, hit backspace when I was listing, like people, people will see through that. Like, don't do that. And then you know, over and then I had said, Hey, I can give you a partial refund and you know, that'd be great. Or I can give you a full refund and a $10 PayPal credit. Right. So I'm not saying, and then after I said, Hey, it'd be really amazing if you could remove that negative feedback, uh, to, you know, um, to reflect the customer no, service that I've provided. You. No, well, I, yeah, I didn't put that. I just said, it'd be really awesome. Cause this is my main source of income that my family depends on, which is all true. And, you know, it'd be greatly appreciated. Well, I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. Uh, but eventually over time, right. Or able, you know, I didn't hear anything, but here's the thing you call eBay, right. And eventually, you know, buyers get back to you and everything. But in my conversation with eBay, what I always hear is they want you to work things out with the seller, right. With the seller. So I'm not sharing everything about it. But what ended up happening is that eBay was on board with me because I shared that I, I like they seen the messages. So what I'm telling right. you is if you get a negative feedback, like don't give up because it's not the end. You do everything you can to work things out with the seller. Like I, I, the one thing I see that, that ends up holding people up a lot is that the, you get mad and you don't want to deal with the buyer or somebody sends you a return and then you, you know, you buy back or whatever it is like eBay wants you to make the customer the number one priority. 
And so if you could do that in your messages and you could do that in your, um, you know, whatever you offer and you give the person options to make it right. If the, the sense I always get from eBay is that they're going to help you and they're going to work it out for you. Mm. So anyways, I just wanted to share that. That's good. So, all right. Are we ready for some reseller topics? Yes. It is time to discuss the things that are impacting you. Uh, you're not going to go walked. out in the streets? Out in the streets, giving you the fresh new take, our lead reporter, Orlando. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> no lead but there's some important stuff happening. Now, Mike had started off the podcast with UPS and Walmart fulfillment. Yeah. What do you think about that? Um, well, before I tell you what I think, okay. I wish I could go through and read all the comments that people wrote. Hopefully you've written down right now already, even before you hear what we think. We want to know what you think. Is this good? Is this bad? Is this who cares? Uh, let us know. Um, honestly, I don't know. I don't. I haven't researched enough about it to know whether or not uh, it's going to be good. But here's like kind of how I led into the question was a lot of people feel like they miss the Amazon train, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I definitely feel like I missed the Amazon train. So You haven't. No one, no one's missed it, but, no, but it's not the glory. It's days. not the glory days. Yeah. 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 So the question is, is this possibly an opportunity? And the way I look at it is maybe it can't hurt, right? Like if it is opened up, cause I know right now the Walmart one isn't necessarily opened up to, to all third parties. It's kind Correct. of just vendors. Um, and so if it opens up to third party, I mean, how are they going to release it? Is it going to be certain people? Do you have to have like certain metrics? Is it going to be only third party the way Amazon kind of, technically is supposed to be where you, you like you can show the wholesale purchases of the items things like that um or is it going to be kind of like the wild west in some ways like amazon is or was where you could just send in your stuff and ship it in and you know they don't really ask for receipts but technically in the little fine print it says that you're supposed to have the wholesale receipts you know like that type no, of I a know, thing yeah, yeah. so um i don't know it's one of those things where this may be a good thing um I'm always a fan of competition. I, I I love the free marketplace. I think I think if if Walmart can do this well, all it's going to do is force Amazon to either do it better or be more competitive in the in the field, right? So no matter what, competition is going to be good for the marketplace. Um, as a consumer, you know, like it's not necessarily going to be great for Amazon right off the bat. Uh, so, but it's going to be good for consumers. And then you know, if it does open up, like if this UPS thing opens up. And it's worth a try. Well, the UPS thing is open already. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Now, but what's weird about that, though, is, I mean, who's... Well, here's, here's what it says. Let me read. On the, on the website, it says, connect your online stores in minutes. Send this in your inventory and start fulfilling orders in little, as, as, in little than a week. So it says connect, connect your online stores quickly, conveniently connect your sales channels and port your SKUs within minutes. So obviously this is dealing with new inventory, right? right. We're not talking about like <laughs> secondary stuff, but easily integrate with over 20 marketplaces and shopping carts. So if I take a look at the total, like here, you have eBay's on here, Amazon's on here, Etsy's on here, Jet's on here, Magento, New Egg, Overstock. Like Walmart's on here. So Shopify is on here. So they almost just become a warehouse at that point. Like they're not correct. the ones doing them. So that makes them very different from Amazon in that sense. Like they'll be the fulfillment. They're center. not going to be battling with you for the price. Well, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but they're also not providing you the customers. You've got to pull the customers in either on Amazon or Jet or have your own website. Right. So 
you you're still doing that back end. And so if unless it's eBay though, I mean they're doing it for eBay. That's true, but then it's still your I mean, I don't know. I think eBay is a little different. I mean, there's a reason why people send stuff in Amazon and not eBay. True, but what I'm saying is, okay, so it's kind of weird here. Like eBay, they're done with managed payments, right? Not managed payments. <laughs> managed payments is happening. They're done with managed delivery. But to me, so let's talk, let's break both of these down. So UPS, to me, it sounds like a good idea. I don't know if I'm going to hop on it yet because you know I'm still doing this eBay thing, but I like it because... In the end, it's like you are not battling with UPS for the price. Yeah, but you're... The traffic is still coming to your items like normally it would. No, yeah, but that's... It's still not apples to apples, though. If you're selling stuff on eBay, all you're doing is now you're paying a third-party person to handle the shipping. That's all you're doing. Correct. So it's not like Amazon where they do that, but they're also the one bringing you the customer. So you can't... it's, It's not apples to apples there. So... You can't compare. They're not. But it's one less pl- one less thing that you have to do. Like you don't have to store the inventory. You can send it to that. That's what I mean. Okay. So you can. I, I feel like we can point at that as that's a benefit of using the UPS fulfillment. Uh, but it's going to come at a cost. So you've got to ask yourself if you're low on space uh, and you're willing to pay that fee. I mean, in the same way, it's like, okay, getting a virtual assistant to do listings for you. or You know what I mean? Like those mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. can definitely be helpful, but it's not necessarily like you should get a virtual assistant to list things on eBay because they don't compete with you like Amazon, right? Like it's not, it's apples to apples. Like the benefits are different. So this is like a third party person company doing your, your inventory storage, but they're going to do it at a fee. And so, you know, maybe there's more risk if your stuff's not moving, you know, like you're still paying those fees. Well, no, I get that. I mean, I think with anything that it touches another person's hands outside of yours, right? It's more risk. Yeah. I'm more excited about, I'm more excited about the, well, the Walmart, the Walmart one. one. I if mean, the Walmart up. one is going to end up being more like Amazon. That's that's the sense I get, where it's going to be on Walmart's site, right? Their site is so difficult to navigate. No, I know, I know, I know. I right now, Amazon. Obviously, Amazon's been doing this for years, so Amazon is king when it comes to this right now, right? But and there's there's certain interesting restrictions. So the restrictions are basically uh, product must ship to Walmart fulfillment centers. No perishable or regulated products. So Amazon allows you to do some of that, but there's restrictions on that too. Regulated products? That's, yeah. That's like a, a blanket term for... Oh, yeah. No, no. Basically I'll, anything we decide is regulated. Oh, no. This Look look at the writing. It says... Um, I'm trying to read. There, there's a line here where they, they really make it kind of sketchy. They say, if your assortment meets the following requirements, you could be a great candidate for Walmart fulfilling services. Maximum product weight is 30 pounds. So, you know, the nice thing about Amazon right now is I send stuff that's over 30 pounds a lot, right? Because I don't want to deal with the shipping. I send it off it's if it's profitable and worth it to me. And then maximum product dimensions are 25 by 20 by 14, right? And, you know, most of the stuff I send into Amazon isn't that big. But it's like anything. I think they're both trying to figure out what it is. But this is what I love. This is why the free market is awesome. Because... Now, if we get a competitor to Amazon, maybe Amazon will think twice about how they do things, right? Because, I mean, the fees to me, and here's the thing, everyone complains about fees and I, and I agree. Like, I, well, I'm, I'm from the perspective of, well, I could choose to not pay those fees and make my own website and get no one coming to my store. Yep. Okay. I could do that. Or I could drop thousands of dollars on Facebook ads. Right. So I, so to me, when people call eBay fee bait, I'm always like, well, think about it. Like you have millions of people. 
Like you're paying pennies on the dollar, pennies on pennies to get people to view your items. Right. So to me, it's not that bad. And, you know, anyways, that's my own rant. But I really think if, if there's anybody that can compete with Amazon when it comes to this, I think it's Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we d- talked about if you haven't watched our reaction video to the Amazon Empire rise and reign of Jeff Bezos, you should definitely check that out because we, we discussed a whole lot there about um, Amazon's business model. And again, I'm from the perspective that I don't think they are a monopoly. I think they are the king in their sector. That's very different from being a monopoly because, you know, there's other retailers that you can get your stuff from, your 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 items that you're buying. However, you see our Amazon banner in front of our table. However, I'm also very, very fond of the free market. And if another big competitor can come in, I mean, it's the Apple Android thing, right? Like if it was just Apple and they didn't have Android or if it was just Android and they didn't have Apple, there wouldn't be the push to have the newest, best, greater. They'd still be trying to hook customers, but they wouldn't have to compete as much, right? They Mm -hmm. wouldn't have to be innovating as much. So even though even when it was just the iPhone that was revolutionary and it was incredible and that's like kind of Amazon on its own. However, if Walmart were to come in, you're right. I think the free market is going to, um, good competition in the free market is going to make people find the best because maybe Amazon is doing things great, but maybe they haven't got it to the best yet. And same with Walmart, right? And so as they're getting to the best, things will be more efficient. Things will be more cost efficient. Things will be better for the sellers and the buyers alike. Otherwise, they're going to go with the competitor. Yeah, and think, I mean, I read it right here. Walmart, 100% nationwide coverage, fulfillment services. You can offer two-day shipping to 100% of the U.S. population. Now, they do say that standard shipping will be a little bit slower to Alaska and Hawaii, but overall, it's going to be good. So it's not open yet to third party. I mean, it's open to like third party, like vendors, like, you know, not marketplace sellers. More like, like private label. That, yeah, pretty much. So anyways, I'm excited about this opportunity. We'll see what happens because I I really think, you know, one of the things I've always said about Amazon is that when it comes to sellers, like we sometimes we as resellers get angry at at eBay at times, but I'm like, Amazon just treats us really bad and we just keep coming back. Again, you you can't compare those two together. You can't. You can't do it. Why? Why? Because... It's it's just it's apples or oranges. They're so much bigger. If Amazon was that bad, if it was like eBay treats us great, Amazon is terrible. Nobody would be selling on Amazon. But eBay is huge, and eBay still tries to reach out to the secondary market seller because the small business they're a people platform. Like, like they're not. It's it's it goes back to my analogy. They're like the swap meet. They're not like the Walmart, right? I don't know. It, I, no, that's exactly what it is. Like you walk you walk into a swap meet, you're buying from individual vendors. Of course, the swap means not competing with you. If you want to get your product on the shelf in a Walmart, you're going to reach a lot more people than if you're in the biggest swap meet, right? Like that's the difference. All like, right, I, I can see that. I can see they're what you're totally saying. different models of of selling. So, yeah, Amazon is going to have a lot of things they don't do well. But hey, if you're not getting your products on the shelves in Walmart's, but you're getting them on the shelves in Amazon, it's it's a big difference. So it's you can't really compare them. I, I agree that you know. Maybe you can say like, it's not fair because I I think certain things, eBay fees are kind of ridiculous. However, the market decides that. And if they push the fees too much, people will stop using the platform. They'll collapse or they'll have to adjust. And so um, if Amazon was really so terrible in the way they were treating their sellers, people wouldn't sell on it. But people do a cost benefit analysis and they might say, man, we're not getting as much as we'd like, but who is? Like think about like the seller, like a buyer. When a buyer buys something on eBay and they're like, 
try to offer you something lower and you're like, no, sorry, the market's this price. And they're like, yeah, but I want it at this price. It's like, well, sorry, the market is dictating that this is what I can sell it at. That's what Amazon's doing. They're saying, sorry, the market is dictating that we can charge you this fee. And that's a great segue to this next controversy. Ooh. So Amazon is doing this more overtly than I would say eBay. Uh, but Amazon, and this has been a while for a little bit. It's just now I would say people are noticing is Amazon's marketplace fair pricing policy. So this is especially dealing dealing with the coronavirus and the masks and the hand sanitizers and all that, where at one point, you know, people and still you, the people are still selling them for, you know, outrageous prices. And but it's meeting the demand and people are willing to pay. But Amazon has now been either a like just knocking. Uh, let me read what Amazon will do. So if Amazon believes that your price is unfair, and I, I, I'm not a fan of the word fair because fair to me is a perspective. Anyways, let me read this. Sellers are responsible for setting their own prices on Amazon marketplaces. Okay, that makes sense. But there's a period in the sentence after that. In our mission to be Earth's most customer-centric company, and we know that about Amazon based on our reaction video, Amazon strives to provide our customers the largest selection at the lowest price and with the fastest delivery as sellers play an important role. Amazon regularly monitors the prices of items on our marketplaces, including shipping costs and compares them with other prices available to our customers. If we see pricing practices on a marketplace offer that harms customer trust, Amazon can remove the buy box, remove the offer, suspend the ship option, or in serious or repeated cases, suspend or terminate selling privileges. Which has been kind of crazy because I've seen this happen. Like I had I had Lego sets that I was just trying to sell for $15 more than you know I had purchased it, and they still were like, nope, like this is how much we were selling on Amazon. They didn't say that, but they kept saying I had a pricing error over and over and over again. And a lot of sellers, I would say, in the last couple of weeks have noticed this with the Corona items that they're trying to sell, the mask. And, you know, we had talked about, you know, is it price gouging? Is it not? Now, here's the interesting thing is that eBay is taking similar steps. So I don't know. Maybe this is the beginning of price regulation internally by a private company. Yeah, I mean, it could be. And here's the thing that I think about that, like. For the most part, like I use the example of there's an earthquake or there's a natural disaster and people are driving across the country. They're filling up their vehicle with gallons of water. They bought a trailer to fill it up with gallons of water so that they can sell it for $10 a gallon, right? And people say, well, that's that's not fair. They shouldn't be able to sell it for that much. However, if the government came in and said, you can only sell a gallon of water for $1, that person isn't filling up all their, their truck with water and bringing it to sell it there, right? So there is a time when raised price, raised demand actually is a incentive and a motivation for people to come and meet that demand. Correct. But Amazon and eBay don't agree with that. Well, and, and I understand it. And I, I mean, well, I, I would say Amazon doesn't agree with that. I think eBay is kind of going middle of the road with it. Yeah. And I think the reason why I'll, I'll it, it, might be, it might be different with like, for instance, the coronavirus masks. The reason I think it might be a little bit different with this is 3M already as a company is like upping their their production of these N95 masks. The even right? doing it. Right. No, I mean, because they realize that this is going to be such a demand item. Uh, so that demand is already being met as fast as it can. Now, what I think is driving prices up, and we talked about this with even like the fingerlings, right, is actually a false sense of scarcity. Oh, yeah, yeah. I agree so with that. So the false sense of scarcity is when resellers go in and buy 
the entire shelves of these items to resell, which again, we do this with other things, right? Like we do it with Legos, we do it with things and we, mm-hmm. we don't think twice about it. However, the difference is what we're, what is potentially happening. And, and again, I'm not saying that this is good, bad, and different. I'm just saying what I think is happening is the demand for the mask is actually being driven up more by resellers than by the current demand from the people, right? Now, eventually people want these masks uh, many people do. And 3M is working really hard. The government's working really hard to make sure that there's enough supply to meet that demand. However, if the prices are going up only because they're not in shelves, only because a reseller and many resellers are sitting in warehouses full of them, right? Then it's like, there's actually not... Here's a, another example of it. When there was like uh, gas, when they would like put limits, like you can only get gas Back on certain in the 70s. days, right? People were... Or, or they would like, you know, a fear of a gas shortage. People were filling up their, their car more often than they normally would. Mm-hmm. So what was happening was people would fill their, fill their gas car. Where normally they would go from full to like a quarter of a tank or empty before they'd get go, more, go and get more gas. Whereas once there was this perceived shortage or an actual shortage, I guess it was more of a perceived shortage. People were keeping their gas tanks full because they were afraid that at any moment gas is going to be gone. So what happened was there was less gas that you can buy in gas stations, but the actual supply of gas didn't actually meet the 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 low levels that they thought it would. All the gas was just sitting in people's cars. It wasn't in the gas stations. So the gas stations were low, so prices were high, but the supply of gas was actually the same amount as it always was and was meeting the demands, but people were just keeping their cars full, mm-hmm. right? So it's like a false sense of there's empty gas stations, but it's because 90% of the people are driving around with full tanks instead of driving around in a quarter tanks and letting that gas be in gas stations. So I think that's what's happening. And I think that might be why some of these companies are saying, look, let's limit how much you could sell it for. That way resellers aren't buying them all. And then we can have a more realistic idea of what the actual demand is. And it isn't a fake demand. Yeah. The interesting is the counter argument that's always like, well, no, because eventually the market will level it out. It will eventually. I mean, but when you're dealing with like a crisis where it's like, well, and that's why I understand the eBay's policy better than I do Amazon's because eBay says, uh, considering the global developments associated with the COVID-19 coronavirus, our dedication to delivering a safe and trusted marketplace, we would like to remind you of eBay's listing policies. So I I think this makes sense. The second one, inflated prices over market value. Listings that attempt to profit from tragedies and disasters such as the coronavirus outbreak are prohibited. So if that's always been their policy, I mean, they just added that coronavirus part. Obviously, that wasn't there five years ago. To me, it makes sense. Now, they did. Again, I think this is why I love the autonomy of eBay that you don't have on Amazon. Because Amazon will just kick off your listing. Right? Amazon told you they'll do what they want. eBay instead says, eBay requests that all sellers who have live listings offering items such as face masks, hand sanitizer, gel, or wipes, etc. Review their listings and make sure that they comply with eBay listing policies. Right? And so to me, now they do do the whole warning like eBay, you know, activity that doesn't follow eBay listings could result in blah, 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 blah. So basically, make sure it's a legitimate listing. That's their only limitation. Yeah, I think, yeah. That doesn't doesn't say you can't charge a certain amount. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think there's greater autonomy with eBay. It's like they're almost saying like, look, we have practice in place to prevent people from abusing the system. uh, But we really don't. No, that's not. No, what they're saying is we believe in humanity and we believe that sellers aren't going to take advantage of a terrible scenario. Now, they did a couple of days ago. They slammed 
uh, the scenario on people that were selling Kobe Bryant memorial items. So like the flyers and anything in the memorial, like they just banned all those, just shut them down. They're done with it. Hmm. Right. So eBay will drop the hammer. eBay's not, you know, but give it a few years. They'll open that. You'll be able to sell it. It'll come again. back. Yeah, it'll come back. I think it'll come back. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a tricky one. But to me, <laughs> Amazon's already been doing this for a while. And I think we're going to be, I think with Amazon, it's going to be more of a trend. And I think that's why a lot of people are going to be trying to move away from Amazon as soon as that door opens for the people to get out of Amazon. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you know, maybe five years from now, we'll play this clip and we'll say, no, Orlando was dead wrong. So we'll see what happens. All right. Let's talk about some positive things. Let's do it. All right. eBay background removal. Do you finally have it on your phone? Yeah, my wife has it. She's been updating a lot of our listings. It's on Android too, you know. It, oh, is it? I haven't even checked. Um, no, it's been nice. I mean, it's it's definitely more efficient than using remove.bg. I think remove.bg that I was using was uh, a great substitute until this came around. And okay. this is just seamless, right? Like before I'd have to... Because you do mobile mainly, that's why? Yeah, only mobile. Okay, okay. And so um, even even on the computer, like sometimes when I'm at work and like I'm on a prep period or something, it's like, all right, I'm going to update the covers of five listings. And so I would download the the image, remove the background on remove.bg, re-upload the image. But that's like four steps. I had to use two different websites, right? Whereas this is like one or two clips, clicks. And it's not... It's not perfect, like depending on the shadows and colors and things. Um, it, it's not 100% perfect, but it's pretty darn good. Yeah. Now, there's some things I've caught on to while using it. So the first thing I wanted to say, yes, I think it's great. For me, I'm a desktop person. I wish we had that on the desktop because <laughs> the mo- mobile is just slow. Like I can move so much faster on desktop than I can on mobile. But here's the thing. On if Orlando could, he would do Instagram on desktop. No, no, you can't do it. It's just because you you've only used it. And no, the functionality. On. Comment below. Comment below. I, every time we always get comments are like team desktop. Okay, I agree. Okay, so functionality. But if you're talking about efficiency and moving quick, then you're not wanting an extra 10, 20 options to look at before one listing. But it's you either I see it on a small screen or a big screen. Yeah, well, it's one or the other. I mean, which one do you want? I, I'd rather have it on a big screen where I can just scroll boom, 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 instead of me having to like go going to this square, going to this square, going to this square. And and there's more options like custom SKU label. Here's an example: custom SKU label is at the very bottom of the item description on the mobile. Where on on the desktop, it's just here's the listing. Oh, there's custom SKU label. Boom. I don't have to go searching for it. I don't have to like you know. I just there's so much more functionality now. This is what I've noticed with, uh, I'm going to use the eBay removal, background removal. One, if it's something that's really huge that I can just take outside, like I showed an IG story where I did that with a blanket, mm. just makes it a lot easier than trying to like hang it up somewhere or whatever. If I'm traveling, right? Especially during Q4, right? If I'm sourcing, like before I used to, I used to take pictures with the item on the shelf and list it. Now I can use the remove. This is where you got to be careful. Just like remove.bg. So remove.bg, a lot of you commented that it lowers the resolution. And it does, this program does the exact same thing. And this is, this is what the issue is. If you do it to all your pictures, you will not be able to upload your listing. Because it will say you need higher quality resolution pictures. This happened to me multiple times. Where all, all the resolution dropped on all the pictures. And then when I try to upload it, it wouldn't let me upload it. The workaround is to do it afterwards. 
Oh, because that's what, I mean, my wife has been going in and clicking on a listing and I was with the remove.bg, I was only doing my main photo. Yeah. But she's been doing like all of the photos, like, you know, some items, like it's only like six, six photos. So it doesn't take yeah. that long. It's pretty quick. So just on the phone, it's probably quicker on the phone than it would be on, on the computer. Like maybe. after listing it. Yeah. So just after listing, just going in and hitting the photo. Well, that's, a good, that's a good fix. I mean, to me, it's, it's extra work, but yeah, it's a fix. You know what I mean? That's good. No, I did not know that. I was kind of frustrated because I'm like, really? Like, okay. Like, <laughs> but here's what I do know. Stuff like this only gets better. The more people use it, the more algorithm, the algorithm adapts, the better the technology becomes. And it's just good. Yeah. I think part of it isn't so much that it's, they've got to store the photos when they do it that way. Um, it's like, it's like double work for them and it's easier. It's going to be faster to process if they can spit out a lower resolution photo. If they're having to process it, it's going to take twice as long. It's pretty it, quick though. No, especially no, when you do Because the, it's a lower, res, lower yeah, resolution. Yeah, but especially like when, you know, too much gets whited out mm. and then you got to like brush it back. Mm. It's pretty quick. Yeah. Like I was kind of shocked at how fast I was able to do it. Fast enough to show on a TikTok. So, so it worked. It's kind of a so, bummer though. Cause man, I feel like that was one thing that was setting me apart for a while. <laughs> they removed LBG. Yeah. So it's all good. Hey, all right. Anyways. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. I, I'm and actually eBay does recommend to use it only on your main photo. Like they're not saying use it on all your photos, but you can. So I think part of that is because it does lower resolution. Mm -hmm. All right. Hey, eBay the eBay seller town hall happened. You know, I want to talk about it because I thought it was great. Like I, I you know, I had a bad attitude about eBay open not happening, and I still think it should happen. I mean, eBay, please we got reverse some, course. We got some comments though that kind of said that it was uh just pretty bad. That what that there's no eBay open? No, the uh the town hall. Do we? Yeah. What were those comments? I must have missed them. Yeah, we've got them. I don't know. I didn't think it was here's here's what I here's I heard it was a lot of uh a lot of political talk of like, yeah, we're working on that. We've got a of three to five year plan. But of course, like what, what? I mean, we're talking about. So are you, so are you saying you're, like, the, a, the, you're the, like a sheep? It's no, like as long as they're like, no, we've got your no, back. No. We're not competing against no, you. No, we don't compete prices. And, you know, we'll fix these things. We got a three to five year plan. You're like, I love it. I like them. This is why. This is why I think it. I'm just going to be real here. This is why it failed. If he, I think one of the reasons it failed is because people don't participate. When you have a platform that has millions of sellers and you go to the seller, if you go to the seller community forum, only 178 people give a thumbs up, 178 out of millions of sellers. But right now, part of it whose is fault is that part of it. I think it's twofold. I think it's twofold. I think part of it is one is eBay obviously needs to get more involved, right? The other part is, Sellers need to get more involved. I think it's a it's a two way street on this one. Yeah, but if I mean, like you said, how many people really knew? Like it was kind of like hidden. No, I know. I it. didn't know. I only know because I'm always researching for the podcast. Right. Like if I was just selling like back in the day, like I wouldn't because, you know, I really think there needs to be more involvement on social. Like there needs to be, like instead of us posting on on Instagram, like hey, by the way, you know this is happening eBay, if you're listening, you guys should be posting this on Instagram and saying, hey, here's a link here. Swipe up to send us your questions, blah, blah, blah. Like it should be, it should be them. I agree. I agree with you. But, you know, 
Whether that'll happen, I don't know. They can partner with us and we can do the marketing for them. I'm, I'm all good. Hey, eBay, we're here. We love you guys. You're our bay. No matter what we say, we still love you guys, okay? Now, I liked it because, you know, they actually answered questions. And the re- the question that got answered were the top questions. And so, you know, some people can say, well, they answered. Was ours all- one of them? No, ours didn't make it. What? You saw in the discussion, some people agreed with us and some people completely disagreed with us. Well, that's fine, us. but that would have been still nice to have heard I know. eBay's perspective. I know, but not enough people voted. We, we're not that big. Like Maybe when we, maybe if we ever had 100,000 followers, it might happen. You're telling me with all the tens and tens of people that listen. <laughs> the tens and tens, yeah. That, there's, we, didn't get that we couldn't get more of you guys to jump on over and thumbs up our, our, our question. It's all right. We had 19, I think. Oh, man. <laughs> 19. Hey, 19. no, no. Think about this. The town hall had 170. Eight we had 19. Up. That's true. That's true. That's pretty good. So we're They've pretty got good. millions Compared of sellers. Compared to a billion dollar business. Yeah, we're, hey, we're moving we're on moving up. up. All right. But I liked it. I mean, he answered some questions. Like one of the questions was like, hey, how come eBay doesn't have a 365 day report on sales for yeah. tax purposes, right? Yeah. Very common sense question. Yeah. And Harry Temkin answered. And he said, they're doing it now. It's going to be happening. Like, it's been in sketch. So, yeah. is it one of those things like, we're working on it, it's in the pipeline? No, no. It actually is part of What's the rollout. The it's part of the rollout that's coming out okay. with the managed payments. So, that was good. The other one was, you know, they 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 actually explained things out, right? So, they had explained their, you know, how, why they're changing their send offers and, and why they're doing managed payments. So, I, I thought it was good. You know, in these scenarios, you got to understand, like, it's very, in anything, whether it's a politician doing a town hall, whether it's a CEO, like, there's so, there's only so much that they they can share. They're not going to ever throw their own company under the bus or, I mean, they'll be transparent. And I would say in our, in our meeting with, with Harry Temkin back at eBay Open, I thought it was pretty transparent. You know, I, I I never had a good guy. He's a good guy. And uh, I'd love to meet. I, I keep messing up Scott's name, but um, you know, the the current interim CEO. Uh let's see. Oh, there's Jordan Sweetenham was there. And Martin Levin, I think, was hosting it, and Harry Temkin was there. I like how you're person. just like Sweetenham was there. And you just kind of mumbled Sweetenham, it. Sweetenham, because I, I, I hope I'm not messing up. But anyways, I appreciated it. I still would love to have an eBay open, but I think it's great. You know, it would be even better what if they do it at like a YouTube live with like a chat going. Ooh, that would get dirty. Yeah, but it'd be great. Think of the transparency there. Okay. Anyways, I want to share about that. All right. Let's talk about the major, major thing here. The 2020 eBay seller updates. Dun, dun, dun. There's some things that are good. There's some things you'd be aware of. And there's some stuff that's like, "Mm, I don't know about that. Okay, maybe. Do we need more soundboard effects? Mm Mm-hmm. That would just make a podcast cheesy. Who needs soundboard when you have mic? That's true. You know what we need? Do we have the, do you have the cord? Did you sell it again? Oh, I see it. It's right I there. Have it. I haven't it. even re-listed it yet. I haven't fixed it. I haven't had time. And we haven't been using it? Yeah. Comment below. Talk about cheesy. The cord? No. Everybody loves the cord. Anyways, you know, you could have been the next TikTok star if you hadn't used your cord. That's all right. There's, there's like, I'm not, no. I'm not aiming for a TikTok star. No, no. But, but, he, but it would have helped our podcast because... There's like three or four people that used synthesizers like that. I forget, is that what you call that? Uh-huh. But there's the other one where you put it in your mouth. You it's know a vocoder. Yeah. So some uh, there's some people that had like major followings on TikTok by just using that. 
See, I'm just saying. Like, we could have yeah. hopped on that. There's trend. also people famous on TikTok for makeup tutorials. Not interested in doing it. You missed out. Yeah, you missed out. You missed out. So, all right. So, the first one, there's going to be an addition. So, I'm starting with like kind of important to kind of eh. Um, That's a good way to start. There's going to be an item specifics filter on the seller hub. Okay. Which I think is good. But, you know, they're really trying to make sure everybody's doing item specifics. But at least you'll know. At least you don't get these surprises like before where I was trying to change my handling. And then when yeah. I try to change my handling, it's like, you have 50 items that yeah. need to be updated. Or, you know, randomly this little red circle shows up on my mobile app saying, you have 65 items. Like, now I'll be able to see it and I'll get to it when I get to it. Yep. You know? All right. The other thing is Terapeak. So, it, I don't know. Okay. They are providing full functionality on Seller Hub. And actually, okay, that's I, good. It's good. It's good. I like that. I actually tried it out. So I experimented with a. It'd be better on the app, but. Okay. I was getting to that. Right. So. Jeez. Sorry to steal your thunder. No, not, not thunder. I have, I have a diatribe about this. Like, I don't. Why is it integrated? Why is it integrated? Like. Because you're taking two platforms and you got to make a mesh. And okay, that's a lot of IT work. You know how. No. Here's what I don't like is. I'm just be real. I don't like it. They're killing sell.therapeak.com, the web. You know how we've been out in the wild uh-huh. and you can research in the wild? Right. So now I have to go to Seller Hub on my phone, which is a mess whenever you try to go to Seller Hub on your phone. Because you go to classic site and then sometimes then you go to sell and it takes you to some other random screen on the mobile app and then you have to log in. And then when you log in, it takes you to some random mobile version of it. And then you never you only get to Seller Hub by clicking the right links at the right time and eventually you get there. Yeah, that's why it'd be nice if it was just an additional part of their app. Like, I mean, didn't um, didn't Terapeak at some point have an app? They did. Okay, so I mean, even if it was just like... We actually talked about it on the EV for yeah, Business podcast and e- it didn't exist. Yeah, so e- even if they like just made it where... It, look, it'd be great if it was one app, right? But you can make it where it's it's one, you got the eBay app and then you like just push the button. It automatically opens up the therapy gap until they get it integrated into one app. Cause I know it's difficult to make, you know, systems mesh and all of well, that. I, but. I understand both sides of it. Like only 20% of eBay's sellers are secondary market. Right. I think it's still a substantial amount, but you know, a lot of us are out in the wild and I use therapy a lot when I'm out in the wild, like at a thrift store or a garage sale. Right. But the other 80%, they probably never do. Right. They're probably in a warehouse and they can use it on their desktop. Right. But, you know, I'd rather <laughs> eBay for listening, keep the website or bring back the app to one of the one of the two, one of the two, because or fix a functionality in the app. Because have you ever tried going to stuff on the classic site through the I mean, like, maybe they the just website? need to make a seller hub app. Oh, maybe that. Maybe that. Because. I'm looking here. So it's pretty good. I mean, I put in UCLA rain spooner shirt and then I was able to filter it to sold and it gave me the average selling price, the price range, whether, how you know, 44% of the people that sold it, sold it with free shipping. And if they didn't, the average price charge was $6 and one cent. So through rate isn't on there yet, but that's coming soon. Nice. But so it's going to be fully functional. I think it's a good thing. I just, I, you know, the, the fact that it's only going to be on seller hub. Oh man. Like, I don't know. I Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe that's the alternative. You know what I'm going to... No, you just... I just go to the Completely app. Mm. Right? It does It does technically the same thing. So for me, it's like, okay, I'm just going to go to Completely because it'll give me... It'll give me sell-through. It'll give me 365. It'll tell me how many, you know, people have it listed and da-da-da. 
Oh, sorry. I wasn't up to the mic. Okay. Enough about therapy. All right. Another thing. They're now, have you noticed this on your listing? The eBay International Standard Delivery? Um, haven't noticed. Okay. So there's global shipping and then there's eBay International Standard Delivery. So let me, in case you're wondering what the difference is, I'm just going to read right off the eBay site. The difference is, first, let me do the, the FAQ. What's the difference between eBay International Standard Delivery and the Global Shipping Program? I don't know, Orlando. What is the difference? Well, eBay International Standard Delivery is a delivered duties unpaid shipping solution. Oh, that makes sense. Buyers won't pay duties and tax at checkout on eBay, but may have to pay the carrier for duties and tax on delivery. Oh. Does that make sense? All right. We'll get back to that. The Global Shipping Program is a delivery duties paid shipping program. Buyers pay duties and tax during checkout on eBay via GSP. eBay International Standard Delivery gives you full control of what you want to charge buyers for shipping. Free flag calculated from end to end. With GSP, the buyer always sees the GSP shipping charges and also any costs you set for the domestic shipping leg free flag calculated. So I had posted this on Instagram and we got interesting feedback. The nice thing about GSP is once they pay, like that's it. The What some were commenting is that with this, let's say the carrier gets to them, they're like, this is how much you still owe. And they're like, nope, don't want it. Yeah, that seems like dangerous. We're, we're kind of stuck, right? Yep. So I don't know. And then I'm I'm assuming every country is different, right? So like some countries like, you know, the USA, and I don't know like everything when you receive things, but a lot of times you you settle up your taxes at the the end of the year or the beginning of the next year, right? So is this one of those things where like you pay your duties and your taxes on items, you know, later you have to claim it and then, or is it like that? Like the person shows up and like, here's the item you ordered. You owe us $47 for taxes and fees from port. And they're, yeah, if they say no, what do you do with that? Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. And, and I don't know. And that's, I'm, that's why I'm a GSP. Yeah. I got my GSP tatted on my arm. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at. I like it. So <laughs> GSP, if you disagree, let me know. Cause I know a lot of you are like, Orlando, you're so stubborn. I make way more money in international. I know. He is stubborn. I am. I am super stubborn. He's very stubborn. Very stubborn. I know it. All right, move on. Uh, FedEx today. If you haven't noticed, check it out. The prices have dropped even more on what, eBay. What? It's crazy. It's actually cheaper than FedEx four day home delivery. Sometimes. I don't know. What, I don't know how eBay manages this, but they made it happen. So, all right. Next, send the offer. Have you noticed the counter offers? But here's the thing that Harry Temkin had said, and actually true. You, there are some items you have zero watchers you can send offers to people. Right. I think that's really cool. Right. Because in that I think he said if they click on it like three times, that triggers the, I could be wrong, that triggers the algorithm to make it a possible send offer. Interesting. I really like that because it, it opens up more opportunities for you to convert to sales. Yeah. I mean, but it's, I mean, I guess if you if you've looked at something three times, you in in some ways you might actually be more interested in it than if you're just like, oh, that's interesting, and you hit the like or follow or whatever, as opposed to or watch. I guess is the technical <laughs> like term. or follow. Yeah, all these. There's too many things that mean the same thing. Um, so watch, right? Um, so yeah, sometimes I look at stuff and I just hit watch for various reasons. But it, yeah, if I'm going back to an item multiple times, it might be because I'm like, ooh, I'm really thinking about this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that could be a good thing. But then the other thing is. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the opposite is true. Maybe, maybe those people are less likely because if they were really that interested, they would have hit watch. I don't know. 
I don't know. I kind of think about it, like sometimes I'll be on eBay and I'm, I'm looking at stuff and I keep looking at it. But if somebody were to send me like a message with a good deal, I might just hop on it right there. Why don't you send them an offer? Because I don't want to. Like that's extra work. See what I mean? That's why I think it'll work. All right. All right. And then uh, eBay seller help. So I don't know what the exact, here's the other thing. I don't know how to exactly get to this, but if you Google eBay seller help, and we had talked about this before, but now it's full fledged on there. If you Google eBay seller help and you go to the first link, you can actually put stuff on there to like remove negative feedback or to deal with all your orders and so on. Like it's available to you. So anyways, I thought that was important. All right. This right here is something we all need to pay attention to. Can we, we need a sound for this, like super important or like a is Michael a, Bay sound. Is it like good or bad? I don't think it, I, no, nah, I don't think it's good. That's why I think it's super important. It's kind of like promoted listings. Like everyone missed it and we ended up, this could be return gate, you know, and, or maybe, maybe we shouldn't say anything. And then like everybody gets up in arms and then we do a special episode and then we get a lot of listens. <laughs> Well, I mean, if everybody gets up in arms about it, we could still do a okay. special episode. A special episode. Okay. So I'm going to read this and then you tell me what you think this means. Are you, are you ready? Okay. Here you go. Can we have more awkward silence? I want more yeah. awkward silence. Give me, give, me the, give me the spark notes. All right. Changes to handling return requests that appear abandoned. Starting April 1st, we will no longer close returns early at the request of a seller when the buyer has not shipped the item back. Instead, we will wait to ensure buyers have sufficient time to write proof items they requested to return or ship back. If we do not receive proof of shipment from your buyers while the return requests are active, we will protect you by removing any negative or neutral feedback left on the transaction. All right. But I mean, I guess the question is, what is sufficient time? Don't know. I, I mean, that'd thing, be nice. That'd up be nice. until now, it was five business days. Like after five business days, like I, I, I would put an alarm on my phone. And mm-hmm. I would say, all right, I'm going to call eBay. I'm a close return. Those days are done. I mean, those days are done, but I mean, what's sufficient time? Is it, is it 10 business days? Like there's got to be a point where it's, they're going to have to do that. Well, you would think it would say according to your return policy, right? Like, you know, I have 30 days. So I would hope it'd be if they don't return it within 30 days. Don't know. But here's here's the interesting thing about that is that how many times have you had a seller that doesn't return stuff, right? And I think this is a big deal if you are someone that, you know, you this is important money to you, right? And it's cash flow. And if you have this return, let's say it's a $300 item and the person after five days doesn't want to anymore or they don't do anything about it, it's nice to close their return because then you know that money is there and it's not going to go away. Mm. Right now, it's you don't know. Right? I think it's going to be 30 days. It's like when you write a check to somebody for their birthday. Oh, yeah, yeah, cash yeah. It. it is. It's, it's exactly like what you're about to say. And they don't cash it. Yep. And you're like, come on. And it's and out of nowhere, when you least need that check to be cashed, they cash that check. Yep, I know. That happens all the time. Does it? You still write checks to people? I, have, I write one check. One check. Okay. That's all I write. Twice a month. That's there it. you go. So, all right. Now, here's the other one. Changes to handling item not as described return requests for all sellers. This is every single one, whether you do returns or you don't. eBay money back guarantee requires sellers to respond within three business days when buyers request to return items that don't match listing descriptions. When you do not respond, we may refund the buyer and seek reimbursement from you without requiring the buyer to ship the item back. 
Starting June 1st, we may decide these cases after the three business days elapse without requiring the buyer to contact eBay. That sounds fair. Think so? Yeah, three days. The, the issue is the INED. So the concern that when we posted this on Instagram from a lot of sellers was, does this mean that there's going to be an increase in INED cases? I mean, here's the thing. How many buyers are going to know, hey, I can game the system by buying an item. People do it on Amazon all the time. Right, right, right. But I can buy an item. Well, I mean, people are automatically, and I get that, like people already customers are going to do INAD for a free return. But if you're already offering free returns, right? The the threat here is that they think they can keep the item, get the reimbursement if you don't respond in three days. Like That's the real threat. But how many buyers are like, ooh, I'm going to buy this, request a return, and hope that this buyer is not, or the seller is not going to respond in three business days? No, I, I can't imagine a, a good reseller not responding in three business days. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, if you it, should be on top of your If it stuff. takes you four days to respond to a return, I mean, I feel like you kind of do But this deserve. is this is anybody. Like, this is even if you don't offer returns. Like, if somebody wants a return, you better get back to them. So just to ha- the reason I share this is heads up. Because, again, I, I think this is the fine print. It's not fine print. It's actually 12 point times New Roman or whatever it is. It's on. It's not times New Roman. It's on there. But again, it's one of those, like, I could see a month from now, a YouTube video dropping somewhere going, can you believe it? Like, I don't offer returns, but, and so I ignored this request and then eBay took my money. Yeah. But if they, anytime there's an INAD, don't you have to, even if you don't do returns, like, I think that was, wasn't that always their policy? If they claim INAD. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. So the, that, that doesn't change anything. Now it's just, you have to respond in three days. In three days. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's, that seems reasonable to me. Hey, let's wait it out. Just wait it out. I just think like, I anticipate a couple of videos coming out. Maybe, but but here's what the person would have to say on the video. This person, I sent something. They said it was item not as described. I ignored their message for three business days, and can you believe what eBay did to me? Because this doesn't say you have to refund them. It just says you have to 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 to, to deal with it. You've got to message them. You can't mm-hmm. be silent for three days. So if somebody says this is not as described, and it was as described, then you at least should be like, okay, can you please send pictures? Like fight the claim. But if it takes you three days, that's just bad business practice. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> I agree with you. I just, I can't imagine the, the, the frustration or not the frustration, but I can't imagine the, the position you have to sit in. Now, I Somebody know said something that was not, not as described and I ignored them for three days. Can you believe eBay punished me? But I think the concern is it's going to make more people do INAD because they'll see that now they can work around and force a return. But wasn't that always the policy? No, it wasn't a policy. It was just up in the air. So you can still argue it. Now it's like it's in writing. So so this isn't just because the way that made it sound was the, the issue is the three day close or three day. They'll close the case for you. Well, here's the thing with INADS. So here's the other part of INADS. This is why the major concern. So I forget what the percentage is, but if I think it's 4% extra. That if you have enough INADS, yeah. eBay ends up charging you more. Right. Right. If it's proven that fees. it's INAD. Yeah. But it's hard to fight. It's true. Right. And that's what I think where the major issues that people are having is that this is going to create higher INAD requests, which in turn is going to hurt people's metrics, which in turn may cost them money. Okay. But, but that, that still begs the question that the only way it's going to increase INADs is if now and only now are customers able to get a return for an INAD for somebody who didn't have 
returns. Mm-hmm. And you're saying that that is absolutely a new thing, that it wasn't like that before. No, I, it was there before. Well, then if it was there before, I see what you because the easy money, the eBay money back guarantees has been there. So then there's it shouldn't be there shouldn't be an influx of right, finance. Right. It should be the same amount. People who are going to game the system are already doing. If it. we're missing something, I feel like we're missing something. Let us know in the comments below. I think you're overthinking it. Maybe I'm overthinking it. I don't know, but maybe I'm not the only one overthinking it. Let's. I'm interested. I'm interested. All right. The, I like this next news. So manage payments. We've been holding out for so long with managed payments. But eBay says, sellers for whom eBay manage, manages payments will be able to ship internationally with our global shipping program, which arranges international shipping, completes custom forms and handles import fees, blah, 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 blah. This, will, this feature will become available early spring. Yeah. It's going to be nice because you know what? Then, then PayPal can stop being unethical and stealing my money on returns and keeping that fee. Right? That's unethical. That's it. There's no ifs and ends about it. Unethical. I'm not reversing course. You're not going to convince me otherwise. Unethical. Okay. Done with PayPal. I, well, I still like PayPal for Bonanza and other things. But as far as eBay, done. I'm with managed payments. Okay? <laughs> That's how strong I feel about it. Like Until managed payments says that they're going to charge a fee for something. Oh, but they are. I mean, but it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be lesser fees. And... Any issues now? They can, people can't do the, the crazy workaround. Like here's a PayPal case that opened. Everything will be internal and eBay. So I'm happy about that. I, I'm so glad we're going to manage yeah. payments. I'm so glad that eBay is adopting the global shipping program because I was kind of worried. Like I didn't hear anything, and now they're doing it. So as soon as that happens, I'm manage payments. Yeah. So oh, and the other thing is you can buy your labels uh, from PayPal for manage payments, which you couldn't do before. Oh, wait. So you're glad that PayPal's out of the equation and now you can use PayPal to buy the label. No, no. Right now. Right now. Oh, okay. Until they do the whole switch okay. over. No, no, no. No, because the issue before was, was like you had to pay out of your own bank account. You couldn't pay out of the transaction. Gotcha. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. So uh, I think that covers everything. Yeah. That was a lot of news. <laughs> that was a lot of important issues to t- be aware of. All right. Before we get moving on, Let's talk about social media. If you haven't had a chance yet, check us out on social media. We are Pure Hustle Podcast on TikTok, on Instagram, and Pure on Facebook. Pure Podcast. We are Pure Hustle Cast on Twitter, which is growing. We're almost at 800 on Twitter. TikTok, it's kind of slowed down a little bit, but you know the organic reach isn't there. But hey, check us out on TikTok. And on Facebook, appreciate all you faithful on Facebook. I always feel that the Facebook people are, are with us, even though... We may get back to them like a week later sometimes mm-hmm. in the comments. So appreciate every single one of you. Also, uh, if you want to give us a call, 619-738-1170, 619-738-1170. And email, we've, I think we've returned pretty much all of them. I'm thinking of one email that we didn't get back to. Mm. And taunting me right now. I just remembered. So we'll get back to you. But we'll get back to you. we're trying to get better about that. And if you want to say thank you in a monetary way, there's a link down below. And uh, we've been having some awesome reviews, whoop, whoop. which have been really We love fun. our reviews. Honestly, iTunes reviews are, are they're crucial. Like we can only grow as a podcast if, if we get the support from our listeners, right? Like your, your continual listening of our podcast uh, is what keeps us going. And the only way we're going to get new people is if you tell new people. And one of the best ways that you can do that is through iTunes, right? Like the iTunes algorithm is set that the more the more stars you have, the more ratings you have, the more reviews you have, the higher you're going to be in the search results. 
Uh, and people will, you know, see like, hey, maybe we should give these guys a try. So if you found our podcast helpful, if you think we provided you value in any way, of course, like it's great when we get the occasional like somebody donated us some money. Like that's huge. We love that. Uh, but it, <laughs> I'm not saying don't do that. No, no, no. Please do that. Um, but, you know, if you're like, you know what? I don't feel like, you know, dropping them five bucks in PayPal. Just shoot over to iTunes. Give us a review. Um, you don't have to type anything if you don't want to. Uh, you could just leave us some stars. But the write-ups, um, all really five help. of them. But yeah, the write-ups are great. We love having. We love being able to read them. That's the the motivation Rolando and I get to to continue doing this. So please, please, yes, please if do anything that. to boost our low self confidence. Yeah, do it. All right, now let me read one of them. I thought this was interesting. The latest one that's on here is from Buckley Mofo. Said right. highly enjoyable, entertaining. My go-to podcast for all my reselling craves. Pop in my beats and listen all day at work. And then yeah. they dropped the bolo in the review. Nice. <laughs> so their bolo was fishing lures. Pick them up dirt cheap at garage sales and make very good money and sell super fast. Nice. So there, you they added a bolo. They added a bolo. There you go. Yeah. So. Thank you so much, Buckley Mofo, for your review. Yeah. Really appreciate that. That was awesome. All right. Oh, and you know what? We have a we have a meetup happening here. That's right. So March 21, Red Robin, unless we get too many people showing up and we'll have to change venues from 4 to 7 p.m. Have a lot of people at RSVP. It'll be in the link below for you to RSVP. Uh, we, I mean, we're still like 21 days away. We have... Close to half of the people that showed up last year already RSVP'd, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'd love to have you guys there. It's it's just good times. Like, there's it's low key, it's chill. We have some giveaways that we're working on, uh, some good giveaways, and uh, yeah, I love seeing everyone there. Yeah. So, anyways, be there, or as you say, be square. That's so cheesy, Orlando. That's what you've been saying. <laughs> All right. What's your bolo? Let's do the bolo sound one more time. All right, here we go. Bolo. All right, what's your bolo, Mike? Um, you know, I feel like I've given um similar ones to this, and maybe this exact one in the past. I hope not. Um, sometimes we see that we're a little bit repetitive, but that's okay because if you you know listened to it eight months ago, you might have forgot. Um, so I've talked about exercise equipment last time I did a bolo. I think I talked about weights, uh, but. This one, I've actually had a lot of recent sales on, and I always check it out. So when I go into the DVD section of a thrift store, I usually don't spend a lot of time there because there's not tons of money unless you're like picking up like full seasons of stuff. Sometimes if they're unopened, uh, it's a hot season of a new show or something, you might do okay. But, and you always do your research, you know, I'm just putting that out there. But exercise videos, exercise DVDs. Now, some of them are like mass produced, and there's so many of them that they sell for pennies. But some of them are really in high demand. Like everybody knows P90X. I've sold a few of those recently. Um, anytime you can find a, a set of P90X, usually you can do pretty good selling those. P90, um, is P90X Beachbody? Uh, yeah, Beachbody owns that. Ooh, uh, be careful. Why? Oh, they, they, they come after people. Just oh. talk to Brad, son of a son of a seller who actually had a whole legal scenario with them. Don't do P90X. Just saying. Don't sell P90X? No. What? Don't, I'm telling you. Don't. Okay. Now that's not fair though. You can't say that. I can't say that. What are you going to say? Don't sell Patagonia because they've no, no. gone after. I, I'm just saying they, they are known. Beachbody is known to go after sellers. Yeah. But how, do they have a legal ground to stand on? According to them, they do. According to them, they had enough to one of our friends end up having issues. All right. Now I could see it if somebody's selling like 
I'm not saying don't. Okay, let's look. I mean, if we look at the listings, right? I mean, there are gonna, so many that have been sold recently. Like, I can't imagine. Okay, all right. Well, tread. I can't care- imagine. Tread carefully. That's all I'm gonna say. Because I, I one time was I had some, and I just said, you know, I'm gonna sell these on Mercari, and I'm gonna sell these on other sites. So yeah, there's 2,874 results of sold. So you know what? Yeah, they're going after all of those people for sure. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I'm just saying, okay, maybe not for Amazon, but... Now, I always think maybe there's certain circumstances that cause that. True, true. That is true. That is true. I see what you're saying. Right. So, okay. So, but anyways, so Sorry, I still think my apologies, you're Michael. probably okay with P90X. Um, but, you know, like sometimes you find some weird ones like pregnant cardio with so-and-so, like especially the unique ones like that. If they're sealed, it's great. Even if they're not though, I've sold so many workout DVDs. A lot of people, you know, they get into those, especially if it's like, like I said, something like that where it's like pregnant something or something that's unique. Um, Usually it's a smaller market, but there's a little bit more demand proportionately in that small market. So yeah, you never know. You can, uh, they're often overlooked. And a lot of times thrift stores will charge the same price for like, a whole set of like workout DVDs as like a single movie. And you might be able to sell that workout set for like 20 bucks and you're picking it up for a dollar. Right. So um, I'm surprised how many times I find them inside a thrift store. So for me, it's a bolo. I would say nine out of 10 of them that you scan are junk and you're not going to be able to resell, but every once in a while you find the ones that are gold. So, and the more you do it, the more you'll be able to recognize like, Hey, these are the ones. So that's my bolo. There we go. So we, we should always have that quick, fast talking disclaimer. Right, but I think and th- I think on this one we'll just see how it goes. Have the like fast talking disclaimer. Yeah, like on what? results may vary. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Do your research. Do your research. All right. So mine is so it's interesting. I would say right now, if you ever want to catch what's trending, it's not on Instagram, it's on TikTok. And the reason I say this is because I'm finding a lot of the clothing that is being worn on that platform ends up being what's selling well on eBay. So, so right now, like 80s, 90s clothing have always been like fire probably for like, I would say the last three, four years, but even more so like everything is coming back. And when I was a kid, I remember like making, <laughs> I don't say making, cause I actually like took my mom and my dad. I'm like, Hey, we're going to go to Macy's and they bought me guest overalls for a hundred dollars. Like that was the thing. And remember you had that one side unstrapped and you know, back in the day, <laughs> back in the day. Uh, but hey, Londo, you should come on our next podcast wearing overalls. <laughs> I would look so And a straw weird. hat. No, not I didn't wear a straw hat. I had my Chuck Taylors with my overalls. Anyways, so they are coming back. I've seen a lot of the, you know, TikTok famous pe- people or kids or whatever like wearing these. And so I'm like, huh, I'm in I'm wondering if them wearing this is having an effect on the market. So then it's probably part of it, but probably they're also just wearing what's popular with junior hires and high schoolers, which is that what's not, popular right now? Yeah. I haven't been in the classroom in a while. That's what so. I'm saying. So so you're seeing what Cultures are already reflecting, but correct. You're, you're able to use TikTok as like the research tool for that. Correct. Correct. So I go and like guess overalls are hot right now. Even Levi's, I would say guess are the 90s. If you can find 90s vintage guess, like you're, you're going to do really well right now. If you can find cross, remember cross colors? Are you too young to remember cross colors? Yeah. Okay. So cross, <laughs> so cross colors showed like, uh, you know, um, it was like the African color. So it'd be, 
you know, red and green and yellow. And those would sell really well. So I'm looking at a pair right now. If you can find cross color overall. So here's a vintage cross color overall that sold for $224.99. Nice. Right. And it's the only, and actually growing up, like I would see these all the time. Right. And it was made big on movies like Menace to Society and all that. But now you can't find them anywhere. And I've sold a lot of cross colors, you know, when I can find them. But I got to tell you, scarcity drives that up. So anyways, overalls, overalls, overalls. not all overalls. Now you can still sell Dickies overalls for good money. You can still sell, I think, Big Ben, maybe another brand or Carhartt overalls. Like they still sell. But if you can find 90 stuff, you can definitely make more money on those. I like it. So keep an eye. All right. So what are you looking forward to this next week? So um, this one is in some ways a shameless plug, um, <laughs> but I'm kind of looking forward to our next level up review uh, because we are doing five second rule uh, by Mel Robbins. And, you know, I've, I've, I've listened to her Ted talk. I've listened to her on other like YouTubers and, and like kind of the inspirational people. So I know the story. I, I know the five second rule. Um, this is kind of nice because you get a little bit more detail and like stories and stuff. But I'm a big believer that two things. One, we often don't need to learn as many new things as we think. We don't need as many new fads and gimmicks as we need to be reminded of things we already know. Hmm. And so just because it's like, OK, I've known the five second rule for several years now. Um, but the reality is I don't always implement it. And in some ways, it's it's kind of gimmicky. Uh, but the reality is the other thing that I believe is sometimes simple is effective. And so even though it's kind of a cheesy gimmicky thing, the reality is it is effective. And is it effective for all of the reasons that she's going to go through in the book? You know, I don't know. But what I do know is after reading, I've, I've read the first half of the book um, and I'm like, you know what, just for just for the sake of the podcast and just because I'm not just going to read this and waste my time, I'm going to pick some things and I'm going to use this five second rule. And to be honest, I've you know, as silly as it sounds, it's it's effective. It works. Like, all right, alarm clock gets off, goes off, and you know what? I'm doing this thing, and I'm getting out of bed. And when I do it, it works. And then you just have to remind yourself throughout the day to do it. And um, what's interesting about the book is she takes the very simple concept and then starts to apply it into many areas of life, even things that are like emotional. Like, how do how do you use this in your emotional life and your relationships? And so I'm looking forward to discussing it, um, and I'm looking forward to using it a little bit more. Um, you know, we talked about in previous books, like writing down your goals and how effective that was. And again, sometimes you don't need to learn as many new things as just go back and remind yourself of things you already know. So like, maybe it's time I write my goals down again. Uh, but here's one five second rule. I've used it in the past. I'm using it again now for a few things throughout the day. And it works, you know, and so sometimes I got to swallow my pride of like, all right, this this cheesy gimmicky thing, it works, but it does. So a win so i'm excited to talk about it and i'm excited to uh, see the benefits that it has in my reselling in my you know personal life in my work life in relationships so i'm pretty excited about that so make sure to check out our next level up review all right that, that was a shameless plug but it was a good one thank you i appreciate that so so i'm going to be at 2000 listing the next update didn't you say that last time i've said that probably didn't you say it the time before that 25 times and i've said it multiple times on instagram but now is the time you're manifesting it <laughs> Manifest. so now is the time that there should be some kind of consequence like i have to like jump in Ooh. slime or something Ooh. i got an idea Comment down below if you guys want this. If we get to, I don't know, Orlando gets to set the number as long as it's not ridiculously high. If we get a certain number of comments, 
he has to eat a ghost pepper no, if no, no, he doesn't no. get to 2000. Okay, yeah, if I don't get if, to 2000. If he doesn't get to 2000 by the next L- update. Live. This is so gimmicky. But yes. Hey, actually, hey, we didn't talk about this. We're having a live episode. Woo-woo. So anyways, we got to announce that we're still trying to finalize the date, but it will be not this Sunday because this Sunday we're going to be doing a level up review, but it'll either be the next Saturday or Sunday. I got an idea, too, because I honestly don't know how many of our, our YouTube watchers watch all the way to the end of the video to hear like this <laughs> magical moment in the podcast where Orlando's potentially agreeing to eat a ghost pepper if he doesn't get to his 2000 goal by the next, which if you listen to our podcast, you know that this has been an ongoing goal. So it's not like, Oh, he'll get it easily. He's going to have to work on this. So if he doesn't get it by our next update, I think we need to set a reasonable number. But here's the, here's the trick. It has to know. It has to be by the YouTube live because by the next update, the update's going to be after the live. So I'm going to shorten my time even more. Ooh, I like that. Okay. But what I was going to say is, Orlando on Instagram often puts like a little clip of our podcast like in the feed. I think this part needs to go in the feed where you are committing to eating a ghost pepper live. If you don't reach your goal, check us out on YouTube, watch the video and comment below if you want to see him eat a ghost pepper. Okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. I I don't think I'm going to struggle. I I mean, I I have plenty of time. This is great. I think I'll be good. But anyways, all right. Read some of the five second rule. It'll help you get to that 2000. Okay. So outside of that, I plan on sourcing some more. Uh, actually, I'll be sourcing with some resellers when this episode drops. And then I'm going to start planning some trips, planning to go out of state. It all depends on how things go, you know, with everything going on with Corona and all that. But uh, I'm planning on on traveling still. So looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm, I'm planning on going to Uganda in a few weeks. I'm just hoping that there's not like travel bans. Yeah, I know. Trust me. I paid like... I paid like 3K for my kid to travel to DC and all that. And, it, now, and I didn't buy the insurance. Well, and see, I didn't buy insurance either, but I'm just wondering, and, and maybe some of our listeners can let us know, like, you know, give us a comment, let us know if you know more about travel. But I would imagine like an outbreak where they're like literally, if it's a travel ban, like I can imagine that they wouldn't refund. Like that's not, that's not like just like, oh, I got it, sick. Do it fall under like w- weather? You know, because if it's the weather, they don't. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Weather doesn't fall under that. Because you can't you can't control that. So I don't know. Oh, I might have lost a few thousand dollars. Well, no, so maybe me too. But let's see. Hey, you know what? We may be in a different place by the time this episode even drops. So who knows? So, anyways, appreciate every single one of you. Love yeah. you guys tuning into the podcast. And with break. that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Peace. Peace.